Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. And welcome to Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for over 30 years. This is the 7 o'clock hour, and this is the one hour we don't talk home improvement. We don't talk landscaping. When we had the opportunity to expand, we wanted to bring more topics into the broadcast. Uh, This is our all-thing Arizona hour, interesting people, places, and things. And I've been noticing a bunch of hot air balloons uh, driving into work over off a carefree highway near I-17. And I'm curious to learn more about hot air ballooning, but uh, that's obviously an industry and a a popular thing. So I got online, I I looked around, I searched around, and I picked uh, Arizona hot air balloon, which is actually a subsidiary of aerogelic ballooning. I picked up the phone and called, and Shane, Shane Corey, Corey <laughs> the man with two first names, <laughs> Shane Corey answered. We got to talking, and I said, "You know, why don't you why don't you come down and tell us a little bit about hot air ballooning?" Shane, welcome. Thank you. Now, how long have you been doing hot air balloons? My whole life. Okay. Uh, my dad started uh, hot air ballooning, but with my uncle back in 1974, and bought his first balloon in 1976. Started started the company. And was that in Arizona locally? Yeah, yeah, in Mesa, Arizona, okay. actually. So you've been doing this all your life. Well, let's let's back up. Who was the first person that said this is a good idea? <laughs> let's well, let's was... get this balloon in the air and go fly around. <laughs> well, they didn't actually look at a balloon and say let's go fly it around. But what they they it was uh, two brothers called the Moncoffier brothers out of a small town in France called Adonai, France. They were uh, paper makers, and they noticed when they would burn all the scraps that the uh, ashes would float up in the air and thought, wow, what if we were to trap those ashes? What would it do? So they made a bag about the size of a black trash bag. And give me a time frame here. 1783. Okay. This is 1783, so hundreds of years ago. So we're busy fighting the Revolutionary War over here, and they're burning paper and capturing smoke and drinking champagne, man. <laughs> <laughs> the French know how to do it. Uh, they, they made a bag about the size of a black garbage bag and uh, put it over this fire, and sure enough, it went up. They thought that was amazing back then, uh, something we would just take for granted. Um so they thought, well, let's make a great big one, see if it'll lift something. So they made one that was about 70,000 cubic foot. Uh, so you can get that, uh, wrap your head around that. The average balloon at a balloon festival is about that size. Okay. So it was huge. Um, it was paper and silk, and they, they covered it in wax to keep it uh, from being porous. And uh, put it on four poles about the size of light poles and built a giant bonfire underneath it out of anything that would smoke. Back then, they thought it was the smoke that made it go up. That's all they could see was the embers and such. Uh, so it was nasty. The first flight had animals. It was a chicken, a <laughs> duck, and a, and a goat. No monkeys were available in France in No, no, no. Na- NASA waited for the monkey. <laughs> so so a, uh, a chicken, a goat, and what? And a duck. <laughs> That's an interesting combination. Yeah. Well, they had, they had uh, some animals that could fly, and they had to put one in that couldn't and see if they would live up there because they didn't know uh. if humans could live above the ground. Humans had never been above the ground. So uh, uh, 
They filled this thing up, said cut it away, off it went, 2,000 feet in the air. Came back down, <laughs> crashed and burned. It was a mess. Uh, as the animals were scrambling to get out of the uh, fire uh, and, and billow of smoke, uh, the, uh, the goat stepped on the ch- uh, root, uh, the chicken's leg and broke it. And that was the only damage to the animals. Uh, so they thought, well, let's let's see if humans could do it. Of course, they weren't going to do it themselves. So they went to the king, King Louis at the time, and uh, asked him uh, if he had any participants. He offered up prisoners. Said, well, they're going <laughs> to die anyways if they, if they uh, uh, d- so mote it be. Through the biggest party in French history, still to date, in fact, uh, Benjamin Franklin was was a scientist, and he was he was uh, enthused. He sailed all the way over to see this. Marie-Lynne Antoinette was there. Anybody that was anybody showed up. They start hauling the prisoners out as everyone's booing and hissing, throwing rotten fruit at them. The royal historian Pilotre Rosier came running forward. Oh, wow. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> Try P- saying it five times fast. Yeah. Pilotre. Pilotre. Della Rosier. Della Rosier. All right. Yep. He he came running forward. He was a historian. Said, "Wait, wait, wait. If this is successful, you're going to be sending prisoners into history. That's nuts." The king said, "Fine, you do it." <laughs> so this brave historian jumps in the craft, big plume of smoke, says, "Cut me away!" And off he goes, two thousand four hundred feet in the air. On the way back down, now picture this: nobody's ever left the ground before. He's terrified. Uh, you know, big onboard. Fire. He's thousands of feet off the ground, starts stoking the fire like a wild man, and sure enough, it leveled off. Went on with the first ever successful manned flight in history. Came back to the kingdom. The king looked him over said, well, why are you all bloody? I'd already gotten word it was successful. He said, well, I was flying over the countryside, and all of a sudden, all the farmers and ranchers, they're chasing after me with pitchforks, yelling, kill the devil! Well, think about it. 1783, you're out there farming your crop, big black ball, belching smoke coming at you. Obviously not an angel. So the king put out a decree with three very important things to it. So he got a little bloodied up by the Oh, he got beat up, uh, almost killed. He barely got out of there alive and came back to the kingdom, told the story. King said, well, there needs to be a decree so they know we're not demons from hell. And... uh, in this decree, first and foremost, was to carry a bottle of champagne that they would hang outside the gondola. And uh, to show, back in 1783, peasants never drank champagne. They could be beheaded for some drinking such a drink. It was only a drink of royalty. Um, so they would hang it down yelling, we come in peace. Farmers and ranchers would in turn chase after them with cups and glasses versus pitchforks and knives. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the champagne balloon ride. Okay. So that was the champagne balloon ride. That didn't take years to develop. That was right off the bat. The very first <laughs> flight, they came up with the idea. So he goes 2,040 feet in the air. How long? And you said he leveled off, so he's flying for a little while. How long? How long is he up here? It was a short flight. It was only about 17 minutes. Okay. Yeah. What? distance was he traveled then that you know, it was it was obviously a big party going on to watch the release uh-huh. and he had to get far enough away where people that weren't at the party 
you know, started chasing after him. How, how far did he go in that 17? It was about five kilometers. Oh, so wow. if you put yeah. that together, it he was he he had a pretty snappy wind. Back then, they didn't know a whole lot about weather, and they really didn't know how these contraptions worked. So they had no idea what the landings would be like. We wouldn't fly in that kind of wind today. Not unless we knew it would be a calmer landing, because that's one of those where you just drag a while <laughs> until the balloon's out of air. Yeah. Oh, man. And when heat lands, does it crash again like it did with uh, the chickens and goats when it got to the ground? I mean, yeah, did- well, it was it was a lot harder landing than you would like to get into. <laughs> we'll put it tuck that and way. roll, bite your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bend your knees and hold on, baby. So from there, where does where does it go? What do they start doing with the hot air balloon? Well, it kind of what did they even call it then? It was kind of a like we had the race to space mm-hmm. back in the Cold War days. Well, back then they had the race to the sky, and there was another inventor at the time that had caught on that hydrogen was lighter than air, and he figured out like a week or two later, uh, believe it or not, how to uh, encapsulate the hydrogen, and there for gas ballooning. Now the difference between gas balloons and hot air balloons is you it's it hydrogen or helium cell is just a cell. It's an enclosed cell. And that's where you see the sandbags on the baskets like the movies. The hot air balloon is just is an envelope. Um, so like the bottom of it's open so that we can shoot fire into it. Two totally different aircraft, but a week or two later the hydrogen balloon first flew. Interesting. In comparison, did it get as high? Did it stay up as long? They, uh, the gas balloons fly a lot longer. It was pretty soon thereafter. Uh, the first uh, pilot, Pilotre de Rosier, he uh, he actually flew the hydrogen balloon and flew, tried flying over the English Channel. He was also the first to have a fatal balloon accident and uh, tried mixing hydrogen and uh, uh, hot air together, not realizing that he would. Kaboom! Blow up, <laughs> kind of like the Hindenburg, and he made it halfway across Engl- English Channel and blew up and died. And that was the historian. That yeah, they originally put on the yeah. balloon. He now became a pilot and tried uh, yeah, to mix became these like two and- a, a hot air a balloonist extraordinaire, and then tried doing a, a world record feat and killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> First I aviation laugh about accident. That, but <laughs> it's I, yeah. That, enough times passed. We could find a little. A learning curve there. Uh-huh, yeah. So don't mix helium and now, hydrogen and, ho- and hydrogen hot, hot air. air. Yeah, helium's inert, but hydrogen is very explosive. Yeah, that is hilarious. Where were they getting hydrogen? You know, well, in the eighteen or seventeen hundreds. How how are they containing that? Well, what it is is the gases form off of burning uh, iron. So they would just burn the iron, burn the iron, and trap the 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 gases coming off of it. Fascinating. Well, we're visiting with Shane. <laughs> we're visiting with Shane Corey of the angelic ballooning. Where did Aerogelic an- ballooning. Where did so, that come from? It's uh, it it means to. It's fly got angels like, on it, so I think angelic, but yeah. aerogelic ballooning. Right. That's the whole point. <laughs> Aero, a e r o, as in. Uh, Aviation, jellic, as in angelic. It's to fly like an angel. I like it. And is this, uh, you said your dad was the one that kind of got into it. Is this his name? Is this your name for uh, the company? The, 
my mom came up with it. Nice. (laughs) And y'all have been doing hot air ballooning in Arizona since the 70s. Yeah. And no no experiences like uh, Pialarco. uh, We've got some fun (laughs) stories. I could go for days. All right, we'll get a couple of those. But uh, there's, of all things we can't do here at Rosie on the House, to stop the clock. So we're going to do that real quick, take a break, and be right back with Shane Corey. I got it that time. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Would you like to ride in my Thank you for sticking with us. If you're just joining the conversation and tuning in, we're talking with Aerogelic Ballooning owner Shane Corey's uh, second generation hot air balloonist and gave us a history of hot air ballooning and uh, bring us forward to modern times. What has you know, that 200 plus years of technology done. Are we still using the same bags that they were in France or ours a little better now? (laughs) Oh, well, the the envelopes are far greater. I mean, uh, fabric technology has gone, has skyrocketed. There's uh, so many different types of fabrics now versus paper and silk. Um, We still use wicker baskets, though. Wicker is still one of the best materials in the way of, uh, you know, cost, weight, uh, uh, durability, flexibility, uh, repair options. Um, and then uh, burner technology, of course, you know, we, uh, we, we use propane. It's the most efficient fuel out there and clean burning, cleanest burning. And, uh, uh, but we're a- our burners are now able to use about half the amount of fuel as they would have in the beginning. It all, the be- modern day ballooning started in the 1950s through Raven Industries. It was a, a NASA a test project uh, that they had, they had hired Raven Industries out to do. And what, what it was supposed to be was a weather balloon, a manned weather balloon. And they made a makeshift hot air balloon kind uh, using weed burners, started test flying it to make sure it's going to do the job, and thought it was so fun they should just start selling it to the public. <laughs> <laughs> So they did, and that's how modern-day hot air ballooning started. So can I just go buy one and start and fill it up with hot air and take it out by myself now? Or, I mean, there's got to be, like, piloting classes or F- – you, you don't want one of these things drifting through the Deer Valley Airport during <laughs> peak right. takeoff time. <laughs> right. We are FAA registered. Uh, there, We have to follow all the same rules and regs as airplanes do. Uh, which is the federal aviation regulations um, to fly uh, passengers you have to be uh, uh, either a private pilot or a commercial pilot to fly paying passengers or make money at it you have to be an FAA certified commercial pilot okay so everyone that's piloting one of these has had a little bit of training I, I can't just go buy one and say hey Romy's hot air balloons. Let's go for a ride. <laughs> right. Now, there is such a thing as a like an experimental category where you could fly it as long as it's under a certain weight where you could actually buy a little balloon and go way out in the middle of nowhere and try killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so there is the possibility of doing that, but uh, most companies would never sell a balloon that lightweight and uh second of that uh would we even want to sell it to you yeah that's quite a liability as a manufacturer oh yeah so you guys both manufacture the balloon itself and then you do commercial rides if 
We uh, uh, have Fantasy Hot Air Balloons is the brand name of the manu- the, the balloon that we build. Okay. Um, they're smaller sport balloons. Um, mom and pops uh, like to use them for, you know, doing rides, but groups of four to six. Uh, and then we've got balloons that go way down in the sport categories where you've heard of balloon races. They, they like our balloons for that. And what is the actual material you said it's come a long way in over paper and silk what's the actual material we're making the my favorite the, material is nylon okay yeah but other manufacturers Does it nylon burn? <laughs> yeah it melts <laughs> it melts yeah, yeah. how uh, what's the separation you have to get from the propane torch to the nylon uh you can Believe it or not, you can get that flame within a foot of the fabric, and it doesn't hurt it. Wow. And then the bottom of the balloon, we uh, where the flame is, the we'll say the bottom uh, 10 to 20 feet, is something called Nomex. And it's a uh, uh, wool fabric that's weaved with Kevlar. And we use the wool so that we can dye it all the bright, beautiful okay. colors. And uh, it's the same exact material that race car drivers use or firemen use underneath the when they take their helmet off at the end of the race and that that's nomex okay yeah so it's a fire retardant fabric and that's the bottom of the balloon yeah so how how big are these gas tanks and how long can you stay in the air oh well see that really depends on the size of the balloon Mm -hmm. but the average balloon will have a 10 uh, to up to a 20 gallon tank and each balloon has three to four tanks okay and, so uh, three so, to four tanks 20 you know so you I mean you're flying with 50 60 70 pounds of propane oh yeah more more when it comes to pounds uh 50 60 70 gallon gallons. tanks i'm sorry yeah. not yeah gallons not pounds up yeah and uh we'll burn anywhere from 25 to 65 gallons depending on the size of the balloon so are the tanks you fill up with the those aren't the ones you're flying you've got tanks on the ground to fill them up and get them going no no we we take them on on flight with us okay so you don't burn through a whole tank filling it up uh sometimes the bigger balloons will yeah we'll empty a tank and and leave it on the ground how long does that take 10 minutes okay only takes give or take 10 minutes with a good crew uh, to fill a balloon and have it in the air. So when you're s- setting up and you're filling up, and I mean, this nylon, or is, is there is there like the cactus patrol out there sweeping first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the crew definitely check for obstacles for the fabric. So, all right, hang tight. Bottom of the hour news break. We'll be right back with Corey Shane, and we'll talk about uh, you know what it's like being in the air. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Force. <laughs> and you've mentioned a couple names. There's, uh, you, you'd mentioned fantasy balloons. You've mentioned Arizona hot air balloons, aerogelic balloon. You've got like a whole, you know, like four or five different verticals here. <laughs> well, there's several different business models. So, um, aerogelic ballooning is the first. Stems from my dad's company back in 1976. He opened it. This is kind of funny. You you start thinking pole dancers, but it was Corey Bubble ballooning. <laughs> Didn't really go with today's marketplace, so um, we changed the name uh, and uh, turned it into Aerogelic ballooning. It was great for the phone book. 
uh, you know, AER, uh, we were one of the first. Um, and then Google came around. So uh, we, you know, we thought, well, um, a brand name that would Google would like would be Arizona Hot Air Balloons. And Google loves it. So then uh, Fantasy Balloons, we actually bought that manufacturing company out of, uh, out of Canada and brought it down to Phoenix. Manufacture hot air balloons right here in, in Phoenix. Right here in Phoenix, right down the street, actually. And how long does that take start to finish to make a hot air balloon? To build a full balloon, you're looking at uh, six to eight weeks uh, full-time labor. So do you have uh, like a showroom where I could come pick one out, or do I have to call in special order ahead and knowing I'm going to pick it up in a few weeks? What we would do is ha- send you a blank of a balloon and have you color it in okay because you could have your own color your own colors of fabric put into it and kind of personalize it you know some people like a lot of pink a lot of yellow uh i personally use a lot of black for solar solar heating purposes okay um so it you get to personalize your balloon very cool we've got the crew on the ground they've checked for obstructions nothing to puncture the balloon We've filled it up, maybe takes a tank, so the hot air blue's standing up. We've got secured to the ground until we're ready mm-hmm. to take off while passengers are loading. Take of us course. take us through these steps. Okay. Well, basically what we do is we meet our customers at a, a Starbucks, actually, either location. We fly out of North Phoenix or Chandler-Gilbert area. We pick them up from there, head out to the launch spot. That could be one of 100 because the wind's different every day. So we just start sending up party balloons with helium and watching the wind direction and that's how we plot our flight we then get to our spot like you said uh, uh, recon the spot for any sharp objects pull the fabric out we use these giant 13 16 horse fans with uh, uh, propellers that were made originally made for uh, hovercraft and uh, we fill the balloon with cold air at that point uh, we fire the burners up start heating the air inside the balloon which makes it stand upright from there, we load everyone up and we take flight. Um, yeah, we have to we have to release the tie off line. Uh, there's a rope that ties it to the truck. Uh, we release that and off we go. Um, f- we fly for give or take an hour, uh, and we're up and down the whole time using the wind to steer. So it's like tacking a sailboat, except we're doing it three dimensionally. In North Phoenix, we fly in and around the Union Hills and. Uh, up and down the sides of them, and then sometimes we'll go way on up, 5,000 feet, give or take, and uh, look around the city. You can see the entire valley, all the major, you know, the McDowell Mountains, uh, Camelback Mountain. Uh, the oh, clear stadium. day at 5,000 feet. You could see. Everything. You could see different, another county probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can see Sedona, Flagstaff. We'll drop down and uh, show some of the flora and fauna down in Chandler. We're, we're down over rooftops making approach to land, waving to the people in their backyards uh, and talking to them, you know. What other aircraft do you get that option? <laughs> you know, from there uh, we land, set up uh, a champagne toast, as tradition calls for, and some more d'oeuvres. Okay, so when we're coming down, you kind of have a, an idea but you can't pick the exact spot you're going to touch down. How do the pilots control not 
ending up on top of a saguaro or <laughs> a prickly well, pear patch. We have, or we have absolute the wild burrows out at Lake Pleasant. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, the wild burrows run pretty fast, um, but we we have absolute control of altitude. Uh, so, uh, you know, as far as steering left to right, we use the wind. And there, believe it or not, every 100 feet or so, there's a different wind direction. And so you can tack it. So you go up to get a right turn, down to get a left turn, and you keep doing that until you've gotten this tight little tack right into that lot down the street from your house. And, uh, and uh, we have, like I said, absolute control of altitude. So all, we can clear a roof six inches and know that we're going to be six inches from it. No problem, because we're only traveling five miles an hour. It's not like, you know, you've got plenty of room for error in that respect. So the landing is at five miles an hour. You're not, they're going through the safety and you, oh, you no. go We've through the bush. Oh, no, we've got a safety you got to bend over and you got to like <laughs> grab your de- legs. It's normally pretty gentle. <laughs> it's normally pretty gentle, but we have a safety briefing regardless. So bend your knees. You hold on with both hands to the rope handles. Turn around backwards. We've got a, we've got a safety briefing. Absolutely. Aerogelic Ballooning is the safest balloon company in the state of Arizona. We've been around since 76. Perfect record. We're the only ones that can say that. So, you know, everything we do is about safety. How many different pilots do you have? Well, we actually only have two staff pilots, but we can handle 24 people, 24 to 30 people at a time if, if need be. And uh, then we've got another half a dozen contractor pilots. Balloon pilots is is kind of hard to come by. So there's a lot of them that will bounce around companies and work as needed. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like all summer long, I don't see anyone. Is that because the air's so hot, it takes so much gas to heat up the balloon that much hotter to make it rise? Or is it just because it's miserable out because it's 120 and nobody wants to be up in the air? <laughs> well, it's only 120 in the afternoon. Actually, we fly year-round. Okay. Uh, the reason you don't see us is the sunrise is very, very early, and we do sunrise only during the summer. So we're up and down before you wake up. We're flying over neighborhoods, and, and they're slumbering neighborhoods. You can tell. It's really quiet and peaceful. Um, but it's nice and, It's nice out. It's only 80 degrees, give or take, sunrise oh. time in the summer. So what better time to get outdoors and do something in, in the gentle breeze in the summer? Yeah, Early in the morning. Perfect. Yeah. So that's, that's the reason for seeing. It's just the time of day kind of lines yeah. up with my commute. Okay. So— uh, and I only know this because of a concrete trade magazine. There's like a, a hot air balloon museum in New Mexico. Yeah. The concrete etching was written up in a bunch of trade magazines. So no I got kidding. to, huh. I, I, the only reason I knew about that was because of the concrete that wow. was, went into the floor. What a trip. Have you been to that yeah. museum? What can you see at a hot air balloon museum? Oh, all kinds of things. There's, uh, well, the original balloons that cross the Atlantic, the first try at that cross it and, and he made it, um, you know, the balloon that made it around the world or a uh, replica of it. Um, some of the more famous hot air balloons and, and record attempts and such. And then they'll show things like, uh, for example, I used to fly special shaped balloons, which are uh, kind of like Macy's. Saguaro. Yeah, you've, yeah, there's a saguaro here in Arizona. Another fa- couple of famous balloons, uh, they're world famous in the world of ballooning, are bees. They're two bees. They're tandem 
uh, flying bees, they attach their hands together with Velcro, and uh, and they launch attached to each other. It's the first ever attempt at tandem balloon flying, and I used to I used to be an owner of those those balloons. In fact, those balloons are written up in that museum. And uh, uh, they're still here in Arizona, owned by a friend of mine. And, and uh, every once in a while, you'll get to see them at some of the balloon festivals. But they look like cartoon bees. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the highest, when you're talking records, uh, what's the highest a hot air balloon's ever traveled? Current record is 68,000 feet. That's twice as high as commercial jetliners yeah, fly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we can get up there. Okay. Absolutely. So... <laughs> In fact, we have to watch out for the airline's uh, airspace. Sometimes in North Phoenix, you look up, and we'll be way up there. And we're just just below Sky Harbor airspace because we're not allowed in there. Mm -hmm. So we'll be sitting at, like, you know, sitting at right at 6,500 feet. Um, my world, my record is 21,000. That's what I've been to. Now, did you need oxygen on that? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And where was that? Was that in Arizona? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was down by Casa Grande. How long did it take you to get up to 21,000 feet? You know, I wasn't timing it, but about 20 minutes. That's it? Yeah. yeah. And so when you came back down, how far you were were you from the original landing, I would imagine? Oh, I made it to wind. Marana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a cool flight. Really cool flight. When, when, how long ago was this? Oh, 15 years ago. And was this a solo trying to break a record? Was this just uh, with with customers? What what, what just inspired for giggles, you to go man. up to 21? Yeah, okay. I, I was in a little sport balloon, and I don't know. I was bored. I got a hair up, a hair <laughs> up my butt. You know, <laughs> decided let's go let's way see up how there. There's a cold goes. cold front coming in. You know, it'll it'll be interesting. So, and when you said the uh, the balloon that traveled around the world, I mean, obviously it had to touch down. No, no, no. It circumnavigated the it, Earth. It had enough gas to stay up. Yeah, what it what it is is called a rosier balloon. So okay. it's a, a giant envelope, just like a hot air balloon. The uh, like if you were to book a ride with us, you're going to be in a balloon that's give or take two hundred thousand cubic foot. This thing was like 1.5 million cubic foot, had a huge gas cell inside of it of helium, and uh, they would heat it with burners. The same kind of balloon Pilotre de Rosier killed himself in. <laughs> the only difference is they used an inert gas, which is helium, and they would heat it to swell the cells. And they were able to do that uh, and circumnavigate the world. Now, did they just go up there and, and hover while the Earth turned around 24 no, no. hours and no, came back No, they got down? in the jet stream and started booking. They were doing 300 miles an hour at times. <laughs> in a hot air balloon? Yeah. 300 miles an hour? Yeah. In a rosier. They called it a rosier balloon. It was Branson. Richard Branson. Was a pilot. What year was this? You know, I don't know. I don't remember. It was uh, uh, within the decade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Within the decade. So it, it, it's not an old record. I mean, this is fairly new. Fairly new, yeah. And was that the first time somebody circumvented yeah. the... Yeah, circumnavigated the earth. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what a fascinating industry. What's next in the world of ballooning? I mean, is there... A... To space. To space. We're going to take them to space. Okay. Yep. How high? What what is that classification breaking stratosphere? We'll get them into the strat at right outside of the stratosphere. How high is that? Um, 
you're looking at about 120,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, where where you're in, you know, you're in space. Now you have to have like I'm sure your will signed and your <laughs> all oh, yeah. your affairs taken care of just it, in. It in costs case. about fifteen thousand dollars. There's a company in Tucson currently working on it to take people. Yeah. Oh, this isn't just to to take it to break records. Just to take people yeah. one hundred twenty thousand feet to sell rides <laughs> into space. And you said that costs about what fifteen thousand? That's their projection. Yeah. And if they can get that power to them, man, I. I think I've got other things I'm going to invest 15000 in. How much is one just for your ride? An hour, 6,000 feet here locally. I think I can handle that. Uh, you're looking at about 175 a person. That's not bad. I, I was less than I thought. 175 for an hour. Uh, per person, yeah. And it's, I mean, you're looking at about a, a, a nice date amount of money. Yeah. But what better way to romance a woman? <laughs> Hot air balloon. Final segment in our 7 o'clock hour right after this. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Wrapping up what has been a very fascinating hour for me with Shane Corey talking hot air ballooning. I, what, what haven't we covered about ballooning that we should know? Number one, very safe. Consider one of the safest forms of travel. It's a, it's a big adventure that you know is going to end with a smile. And what is it like up there? Well, just imagine those times you, you kind of daze off into a meditation state and you're flying or you're having dreams of flying. That's what it's like. It, it, you're open air. And it's a gentle breeze. It's not like you've got wind just howling through your face. Uh, very calm and stable. Do you still feel like you're in the air for a few minutes after you you're do. back on the ground? That's a great question. <laughs> um, you do kind of feel light. I, I don't know any other way to explain it, but all of a sudden your knees feel a little extra heavy one after you've you know, come back to Mother Earth. Hot air balloon rides. Man, that is still something I have never done. And thank you, Shane Corey of Aerogelic Ballooning. That's A-E-R-O-G-E-L-I-C ballooning.com. If you missed the interview, you can get it on our podcast here shortly after the broadcast. Just go to rosieonthehouse.com, radio podcast tab, click it, and you can get the links there to tune in. And I tell you what, Last Friday, I saw a ton of hot air ballooners going up, and it was a very foggy morning. The whole Lake Pleasant was fogged. The Agua Fria was fogged. Uh, every mountain area was fogged. Those hot air ballooners got a bang for their buck that morning. It's something I, I, I've got to talk myself into it. It's, it's still just a little nervous being up there without, you know, like, like an engine and, and a motor and more aerodynamics. This is just one day. One day I'll talk myself into it. That's uh, one thing that we're going to have to add to the staycation, I think, at some point. Then last week, our staycation winner was down in Tubac. And I tell you what, since Tubac has come up, Bing Crosby has been everywhere. We talked about his work in the designing the golf resort down there. Well, he's got his hideaway cabin goes up for sale in Nevada. It's a 3,000-acre ranch that I like how they say this. The modest home is 5,000 square feet with six bathrooms. That's a little beyond modest, don't you think, for most families? But that's uh, that was in the mansion section. I tell you what, that section in the Wall Street Journal is quite interesting. They're never homes that are practical, but you find neat stuff like this, like Bing Crosby. And a couple weeks ago, Trump's birth home was in there. And 
You remember last year we talked about the money pit home? Well, that idea came from that house going up for sale. So you do see some neat properties and some fun uh, fun real estate from time to time in that section. But for the most part, it's just way overpriced, huge properties that you know 99.9999% of us uh, could never relate to. But that's all a different side point. Let's get on to Jay Smith. He's joining us now on the phone to talk about his trip. Good morning, Jay. How was Tubac? It was really nice. A uh, little, little windy and cooler than I anticipated, but really a great trip. We, uh, we enjoyed it thoroughly. What vehicle did you choose to travel in? Uh, we got an Escape. Had you ever driven one before? No, I hadn't. What did you think? Very nice little car. It uh, plenty had plenty of power, rode nicely. We used to drive through Tubac periodically going down to Nogales. What was the biggest change you noticed on the drive? Probably the, the development of the cars. <laughs> 20 years ago, the, uh, I was driving a pickup, an old pickup at that time. <laughs> they don't handle or drive like the, the newer cars do. And then, although you're not a golfer, you guys got to stay at the golf resort. How was your experience there? Beautiful place. Sat on the, the patio of our casita and watched the golfers go by when they when they got out. The casita was probably bigger than two of our first three apartments combined. <laughs> it was incredible. When we found out y'all weren't golfers and won the golf package, you worked hard to find something else for y'all. And as we understand, y'all enjoy a glass of wine, and he found uh, some local wine from Dos Caballeros for you. How did you enjoy yes, that? Did. It was a nice bottle of wine. The uh, baskets were wonderful, too. Uh, some some guidebooks on Arizona, some day trips, and some uh, the state parks, and, uh, and, of course, some goodies. And what was your and your wife's favorite part of the trip? It was just awesome to actually get away for a while, to ha- not have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wonderful. Packed. It was great. The, I, we couldn't have asked for anything better. That was just awesome. The restaurant on the resort was wonderful the resort actually gave us a bottle of wine also oh boy (laughs) (laughs) well good well i'm glad you all enjoyed it and glad you're able to take a few minutes to share a little bit of your uh weekend experience with us and you know good luck on on winning another staycation there are a lot of people who enter but uh you can count on my entering again (laughs) wonderful Wonderful. Well, y'all have a great Arizona weekend, and thanks again for uh, spending a few minutes with us. Well, thank you, and I I just wanted to comment on the guys at uh, at Sanderson Ford too. They were they were really wonderful. They are, aren't they? They are. Couldn't ask for a better group of guys. It's uh, something about uh, when you you've got that standard of of culture. It's amazing how people of that same mentality just seek yeah, it been out, find a long it. Time and they're probably going to be around a lot longer yes sir that's why because they are so great (laughs) well thanks for the kind words on sanderson and uh glad y'all had a great trip and that the uh the arrangements were accommodating for y'all thank you thank you for the trip it was uh more than i expected a lot more that was our february staycation march is closed and we do have a winner that will be going to wickenburg and you can enter now for April's staycation to Douglas, Arizona. That's rosieonthehouse.com. Click on the staycation tab.